0: If you've been struggling to bring new clients into your business, it could be that your brand is not fully fleshed out into something that they are sufficiently attracted to. Now, my guest today is a branding maven, and she brings so many years of experience doing strategy and the actual creating of brands from her photography business back in the day. Now you're going to absolutely love this interview that I have with Malika here today. She brings a unique perspective, not only from being, the creator of brands for other companies, but also and doing the strategy with them throughout the process. You're going to absolutely love this episode. Let's get to it. If you're seeking a way to escape the cycle of under earning and overworking, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the well paid creative, where we discover how to run a profitable and satisfying creative business. I'm your host, Gabrielle Chipier, and I share what I've learned in my 17 years as a creative pro. From attracting quality clients, to earning more profit, to escaping burnout, and creating amazing work you love, we're going to cover it all. Join me as I interview experts and reflect on my own experiences, both the good and the bad. Before we dive into the show, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, hop on over to wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. Hello, welcome back everybody to the Well-Paid Creative. I am so excited to have my guest here today. We're talking to Malika Mahatra, and she has a wealth of knowledge from her, her business and her experience over the years. I'm super excited you're here. Welcome Malika. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. What's your background and what are you doing right now? Sure. So uh, my business is called Mickey
1: Photo & Co. I've actually been in business for about 13 years as a photographer, which feels like forever and crazy. Um, But before I got into being an entrepreneur, I did work in advertising for a long time with big brands like Oil of Olay and L'Oreal. And then in 2008, when I had little guys at home, I'm a mom of three sons. And so I use the camera to really tell their story. Um, And that kind of opened up a whole world of photography for me. And I started my photography career in children and family. Um, But then fast forward a few years, I decided to really niche down and hone in to um, brand photography. So kind of tapping into my skills of advertising and marketing and strategy and bringing that into with working with women entrepreneurs and really trying to bring their brands to life through images. And as I started focusing on that niche, I also started doing a lot of strategy because I knew the best images were those that were grounded in strong strategy, knowing the vision and the values and the mission behind the brand so that we had depth and soul to the imagery. And now currently to date, I do more strategy and mentorship around branding with women in business, um, but I still do um, some of the brand photography. So really committed to helping women stand out, really get visible and to find their power niche so that they can position themselves as experts and leaders in their industry.
0: Oh, wonderful. That's amazing. And you know what? I love how you pointed out how there's just so much more to branding than just the visual part. Like we, I know a lot of people kind of think, Oh, it's my brand. It's my logo. It's the colors, it's the font, or it's the photos that I use, but there's so much more behind it that can make that branding so much more powerful. Yes. hundred percent. I think it's a misconception, right? That we think
1: the logo is the brand when in fact, The logo and the fonts and the color palette, your website, your social media, those are just expressions of the brand story. And so in order to build that standout brand, you need to focus on the foundation of the brand first. So that means, you know, who, knowing who you are, what you stand for, what is the value that you provide for your audience? How are you different than the others in your market? And who do you serve? right? So those are kind of the primary foundational questions that I'm often asking myself. I'm asking my clients, I'm asking my network so that they can, you can continuously build a stronger brand. Because also branding is never one and done. You think Mm -hmm. I'm going to have the website and slap up the logo and then I can kind of sit back and watch those clients, you know, stream in. And it's honestly not the case. Branding is a living and breathing kind of entity that you constantly have to be working and testing and validating and researching and tweaking um, so that you can get into that flow of constant um, sales and clients and, you know, really kind of finding that niche of yours that you can own so that you can be seen as a leader in your industry. I love that.
0: And now I know that you had sent, um, when we were talking before, you had sent a couple key components of a brand. But before we kind of dive into that, why do you think that having um, just more awareness and consciousness around your brand, why is that so important for just an average freelancer or business owner?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, in today's marketplace, it's saturated, right? There are so many consultants, so many coaches, so many freelancers. We're all doing the same thing in many ways. And so by creating the brand, we're differentiating ourselves from the rest. And we're moving the perception of like a commodity to something that's more specialized, right? And so we're creating a story around our business that then can better connect with the people that we are meant to serve. You know, having a very distinct brand means you're kind of saying no to some people and saying yes to other people. And that's where it's really important to sort of craft that. Because the other thing is, if you're not intentionally setting up your brand, then your audience or your competition might be doing it for you. So you have to kind of be aware of that because, you know, we are the business owners and the heart behind our brand. So we want to be active in crafting and curating what the impression we're making to our audience. And that's all what branding is. And so that's why branding is so important right now. It's the competitive environments. It's really taking control of the story that we want so that we can better connect with our audience and build that deeper relationship over time.
0: Mm, I love that. And, you know, when you said, if you're not building your own brand, someone else is building it for you. That was really powerful. That's such a powerful insight, because it really is true. Because if you don't set up and stand for what you believe in and create that branding that you want, then someone else is absolutely going to be, you know, putting that on you or maybe even just making inflections or, you know, and oh, I'm struggling for the word. Implying implications, mm-hmm.
1: Right? There could be a misconception of what you stand for because you're not consistently sharing a very clear and direct message. Um, you might be scattered a little bit and trying different things. You might be serving too many different audiences. And so then what happens is a confused mind never buys because your brand isn't crystal clear and has committed to something, Right? Um, so another reason to really craft and be intentional about the story behind your brand.
0: Mm, I love that. So what would you say are the steps to kind of get started to building a brand and being more consciously creating your own branding?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it, it gets a lot of people stuck, the whole idea of
0: branding.
1: And I have a framework that I use for myself, for my clients that helps them, Um, kind of break it down to simple steps that makes it more doable. So the first is really having a brand that stands in your purpose or your mission. So, you know, it's not just about your products and services. It's not just about promoting and selling. It's about believing in something and putting your stake in the ground. And so that comes with some self-discovery on our part, really to think about what our values are and why we do this work and what the movement is Behind this business that we have. And if you can define that, then that's part of building a very strong and soulful and uh, brand with depth. So that's like the very, very first step is really trying to identify that. You know, why are you waking up in the morning to do this work? What's that real juicy mission behind it or movement, I like to call it? You know, what are you trying to change in the world? Um, That's sort of, you know, step one. The second would be, you know, and I kind of mentioned this before, is not being everything to everyone. You know, you dilute your brand when you are saying yes to everything and working with all these different audiences. Can we get laser focused? Can we define a niche? And when I say niche, it means like a specific audience, you have a specific expertise, and there's a specific solution. And that's always like, very resistant, right? For many people, because they think, well, if I get too small, then I'm never going to have clients or I'm never going to make enough sales. But if you really think about the concept of the riches are in the niches, it means that you're building your reputation around a singular area of expertise. And -hmm. if you can commit to that, then people get to know you, then you become referable, you become shareable your messaging becomes simpler because it's focused. So that's a big part of branding is really getting known for something. So, you know, when you think of sneakers, you think of Nike because they're like the ultimate, right? The inner athlete that they release in all of us when we put the swoosh on. So, you know, it's committing to that, you know, what you stand for and what you believe and what you wanna be known for. So I would definitely think of that as well as when you're trying to develop your brand. And then it's, you know, what is the value? Let's, you know, bring it down to basics. What's the problem that you're solving? I think we often get that shiny object syndrome and we're looking at all the things and the marketing, you know, funnels and this and that. But really, have you identified clearly the problem that you're solving? What is the pain point and where is the transformation? And can you be generous to your audience and trying to help them kind of, unpack and kind of see what that problem is and give them some wins and some um, information to help them get to where they want to go and what i mean by that is like your freebie or speaking right it's not just about selling 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 but being a generous problem solver to them does that make sense
0: we're going to get right back to the conversation because it is so good but I wanna tell you about a free quiz at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz that's going to help you discover the unique hidden key to higher profit and awe-inspiring growth in your creative business. Now, there are so many keys to growth in a business, but they don't all fit the lock of your business right now. That's why I developed the Profit Finder Quiz, and it's going to show you exactly what you need to be focusing on to reach the next level. Now, making a decent living from the work you love doesn't have to be hard. And when you answer these profit-finding questions for yourself, you're going to make it so much easier. Go take the Profit Finder quiz today. You can find it at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quiz and get your unique key plus in-depth strategies designed to help you see growth fast. Now, again, that's at wellpaidcreative.com forward slash quits. All right, let's get back to the episode. Totally. Yeah. And I love how you said about being that problem solver, because a lot of the times We get very focused and especially, I think this is a lot more for service providers and freelancers and stuff. We get a little bit hung up on the thing we do or the thing we create and we say, well, Mm -hmm. that's what we're selling. But really, when you break it down, that thing that you're creating and whatever you're producing for your client is solving a problem. So when you talk about the problem, you get actually a little bit more freedom in what you're creating to solve that problem. It opens up a few more doors. It doesn't pigeonhole you quite so much. That's 100% correct because, you know,
1: the longer you're in business, the more you're going to pivot with those offerings. Things change, right? The marketplace changes, but if you can focus on the problem and the promise that you give to your audience, that will help build the foundation again of your brand. Um, A couple of other things to consider when you're trying to develop your brand is really to think about your point of difference right you don't want to look like a clone or a copycat of somebody else in your industry and so you have to do that brain dump of all the things that make up you as a person your personality your process and kind of identify what can you lean into that might differentiate you are you a coach that does all virtual calls versus someone who might meet in person um do you have a framework? You have and you've tested and validated that you can use along with your brand that all of a sudden lifts your credibility, right? And so you're trusted more. So it's really important to um, kind of identify where you are different or where there are gaps that you can then go to make yourself different. Mm, I love that. Um, and then I would add to that um, also embracing your personality. That's a big part of branding, right? We know when we work with someone, it's a relationship. It's often not a one and done. It's often the sticky ongoing experience where you hope that they come back to, or they're going to become raving fans. And part of that is your personality. Part of their decision-making is knowing your vibe because- mm-hmm. They're working with you. It's not transactional. Again, it's a relationship. So don't hide your personality, you know, use it strategically to, you know, infuse into the brand, humanize the brand, bring it some life so that you can attract the right people. And then again, repel the people that aren't in alignment with who you are as a person. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong. I actually think in today's world, it's important to layer on your personality um, to your branding so that it gives it a little bit more of a connecting point.
0: Mm, I couldn't agree more. And you know what? It always comes down to people buy from people, right? They, yes. There's very few instances where they just buy from a company. And I remember when I first started out, when I first opened up my business, I was very, very corporate in a lot of my branding because that was my background. That's what I assumed I needed to be in order to be taken seriously. Right. And then it wasn't until a few years later when I started kind of relaxing the grip a little bit and then I started infusing a lot more of my own personality into my marketing copy on my website and my emails with my clients and uh, my promotions, my advertising that I did. And I remember one time, I am a huge Star Wars nerd. I love Star Wars. It's like my favorite series, my favorite fandom. And just on a whim one day, I put... Um, just a Star Wars quote on my about page and four clients, I believe within the next couple of months mentioned that Star Wars quote and said, Hey, we saw that you like Star Wars. So we decided to give you a call. And it was just that one little tweak, just letting that personality out that actually got me more clients in the long run.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that story because it just proves that people want to know the different layers of you. They want to know the professional, they want to know the personal so it's worth sharing and you can do it slowly if it makes you nervous, right? But then once you do it more often, you'll see that you open up a lot of these um, modes of communication to attracting people to your brand. Um, so I think it's, you can do it, you know, on social media, you can do it on your website, you can do it on a blog post. There's all these different areas in your marketing where you can really bring in that personality so that your brand does become more memorable, right? So not only are you like great at what you do professionally, but then they're going to remember that you're like a Star Wars junkie. And that's like something that's different than maybe somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, The last point I would make with really developing your brand is the idea of consistency. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to set a plan for yourself so that you are always going to be on the platforms that you know, work best in reaching your clients. You want to be consistent with the same message that you're sharing about what you do, who you serve, and how you do it. You don't want to like ghost your audience. You don't want to be scattered and schizophrenic with your messaging. You, know, you really want to commit and just be tried and true and give your message time to build that audience, um, to be able to rise above the noise and so that people can equate your message with you as a brand. Um, so that's something I would also really advocate is just keep at it. You know, you have to invest the time and dedicate the time to putting your message, your face, um, and your business out there.
0: Mm -hmm. So what would you say is a good rule of thumb for committing to consistency? So let's say, um, I'm going to, you know, have this certain look. I'm going to talk about this sort of things. I'm going to address you know these sort of topics in my content. Um, how long should I be ready to commit to that for to get some you know measurable data back or so you know a good idea of whether or not it's working?
1: Yeah, so I think there are a couple ways to look at it. So you could have certain content pillars, right? That you know are in alignment with your brand and you should have about four or five that you keep rotating and talking about over and over again. And then you can kind of measure which ones resonated more with your audience or not, like which ones got more engagement, which ones had more click opens, right? If you're doing an email newsletter. So that's kind of the content piece. And then the marketing piece is, you know, creating a plan that you're gonna stick to. So it's like a newsletter. You can't do one newsletter every three months and think it's gonna have a return. Yeah. Do once a month or once a week and commit to six months and see how that builds your readership, how that are people responding. Look at those analytics. The same goes with social media. You know, you need to be consistently on there for that platform to work for you, especially when the algorithms are always changing. So is it three times a week that you're going to post those content pillars on social media? And then also in Facebook, are you going to take that content and then recycle it for Facebook? And it can feel overwhelming. So I always say just pick two things that work well for you that you can commit to give yourself Mm -hmm. six months. And then if you can see a good return, you can continue that and maybe you can layer on something else. And then hopefully at some point in your business, Where you're seeing return in terms of clients and revenue, sales, and increases in growth, then maybe you can delegate that and hiring someone on your team to really then take charge of getting the content out for you so that you can focus on your zone of genius.
0: Mm -hmm. Makes absolute sense. So what would you say are some of the big mistakes that people tend to make in their branding?
1: Well, I think a lot, one of the biggest mistakes people make is that they think branding are just for like these big companies and that they can just come out and just have a business and that they don't need to do the work. It's only for the targets and for the Nikes and that they don't need to really develop a strong story and message. And instead, it's just the logo and the website. And then they wonder why they're not getting the clients that are coming to them and they're not making the revenue. Branding is something that's so important that you really need to develop and really need to ask yourself those hard questions that I mentioned in the beginning. Um, You can't borrow it from your competitor, right? Because Mm -hmm. branding is often your own narrative, your own authenticity, authenticity that's all intertwined in that message. Um, so I think that's a big mistake. One is they think it's only meant for big companies. And the second is they're getting the inspiration from competition. And all of a sudden, the whole industry looks the same. We're all using the same colors. We're all using the same fonts. And it's not even about that. It's about digging deeper and taking the time to ask yourself those hard questions. You know, what do you believe in? What's your mission? Where do you see this business in five, ten years? You know, who are you meant to serve? Where are they? You know, and we all know these questions, but we kind of top line them and we don't really spend a lot of time on them. And the other misconception I would say people have is they think, again, it's a one and done. I got my branding, my website's up and it's finished. And really branding, it's this living and breathing thing. You have to always be working on it. The technology changes, the markets change competitors change your life can change right so you're always needing to pivot into look we just had a pandemic that happened and like everybody's businesses could have went on pause or they had to make drastic changes that affects your branding so Mm -hmm. I think that's also a misconception that they just think it's just done when their website is up um so those are just a couple of examples
0: Oh, I love that. And I mean, if my website is any indication, that's never done. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. So what would you say are kind of one or two really good action steps that someone can take after listening to this interview here?
1: Yeah, I think it's important to set up some time for yourself, carve out like a quiet time and ask yourself some of these questions. You may have been in business for 10 years. You might be new to business. It doesn't really matter if you're seasoned or if you're new because I think the questions are the same. So you need to ask yourself, you know, and this current date, you know, really what are your values and principles that you stand for? Is that reflected in the brand that you have right now? Have things changed? You know, what are you good at that comes naturally to you that people come to you over and over again. Is that like your expertise or your niche that maybe you can carve for yourself? How are you different than other people? And really, really try to pinpoint those because there are so many people doing what we're doing. And so we have to figure out how to differentiate, find that special sauce. Um, And then really think about who you're meant to serve. You're not meant for everyone there's a specific audience for you people that you can have the biggest impact with who have the biggest transformation the people that are going to actually pay for your services and open their wallets without a back and forth and negotiation and the people that you know you like to work with like that's important too so when you can ask yourself these questions and do this brain dump you're going to find that there are some common threads or some themes that come up from that information that you can then use towards building that brand story for yourself. Um, I even recently, and I've been in business for 13 years, did a mind map, which was so like an aha moment where I, you know, wrote my name in the middle. And then I had like little spider web things of previous jobs, life experiences, passions, skill sets, values, personality, um, all of these things are part of your brand story, are going to help you figure out how you're different. And when you can put all that information down on this like big piece of paper, you can then see some of the common threads of what maybe have been working for you that you've already been leveraging in your brand, or maybe some things that you didn't tap into that it's time to tap into those. So those are a couple of um, action steps that I think you know are very, very helpful when you're, when you're thinking about your business and brand.
0: Why I love this. And you know, and that is such a a really good first step to do because that, that is really the foundation that you're talking about, hey, cuz all things kind of come from those two actions there.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, the first set of questions are important, but sometimes we think the business and the brand is always about the customer. And in many ways it is, but it's also about us and our narrative. And so we need to make sure that we do that self-discovery piece of who we are truly right and to kind of put it all together and then we can kind of pull things together to really find like your fear specter really your special sauce and that really helps when you're trying to design that brand
0: mm, absolutely love that so this has been a fantastic conversation now I ask everybody on the podcast this question and I'm kind of intrigued to see what your answer is do you have a hobby or a creative activity that you do on the side that's just for you?
1: Oh, I wish I did more. Honestly, I do read a lot. Reading is sort of a passion of mine fiction and business books. I do exercise a lot, um, but I don't do, gosh, I wish I would, could tell you that I'm a writer and a, a, and a painter, but I don't. I think reading and fitness and being a mom of three sons and the business. Luckily, my business is very creative with the photography part. So I feel like I do tap into that. But you're inspiring me to think more about what I need to include into my life to become more creative.
0: Well, I'm a big proponent of having a creative thing that you just do for yourself. So I love hearing what other people do in their lives. Well, this has been wonderful. Where can people find you online, Malika?
1: Yes. So uh, my website is Mikiphoto.com and that's M-I-K-I-F-O-T-O.com. And I love Instagram. That's a great place to connect. And my handle is at co, So just add a co at the end.
0: Wonderful. All right. And we'll, we'll link all of that up in the show notes for everybody so they can go give you a follow. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. This has been absolutely wonderful. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Well-Paid Creative. This podcast is sponsored by 12 Strong, a full-service marketing automations agency. You can learn more at 12strong.com. Theme music is by Silverhoof, and our guests are not paid for their time and energy, so please do give them any support that you can. Before we head out, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, visit wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and so much more. Join me next week for another episode as we continue discussing how you can grow and love a profitable creative business. While you're here, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoyed it, I'd be so grateful for a review or a share with someone you think would benefit. Now let's hear some more of that amazing theme song.